Welcome to Quick Thoughts. I'm Noah, and today we're gonna be we're gonna be changing things up a little bit. We're not just gonna be answering random questions on the inter- internet. No, today we're gonna be actually discussing and giving some thoughts and adding some stuff to some recent events. And also, I didn't for this episode. I'm not just. Um, I, I actually have a little I actually did some research I have a little bit of background information now I'm not just pulling crap whatever, I'm just not saying whatever the crap I think So um, First off Let's, let's start with uh, the recent Toys R Us shutdown Now if you haven't heard Toys R Us Recently announced that They will be liquidating all stores In the United States this is sad for a lot of people because you know there's a lot of memories involved in Toys R Us. Like I can remember as a kid being so excited to go and get a toy from Toys R Us, go and get like an action figure or something like that from the store. So that's kind of sad that these stores are going away. Now I will say that this is not um for a lot of people, this isn't too surprising, considering that um, earlier this year they announced that they were going to be closing 300 of their stores. Later, they amped it up to over 700, and now and now they've just decided they're just going to liquidate all stores in the United States. And to get, let me now to give you a little bit, bit of background information on where this all started. Um, so basic. Well, first off, let me mention that. So this means that about 800 stores from Toys R Us will be closing in the United States. So Toys R Us uh, is a toy company. They sell toys. They were founded in 1948, and um, this uh, lo- this year on September 8. Wait, no, sorry, last year um, on September 18th. Um, 2017, they filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy in the United States and Canada. So, so we we uh, many people thought this was coming. You know, the the company was going downhill. Uh, this this kind of downhill trend partially started um, in 2006. The company was bought for over 6.6 billion dollars. Um, and that kind of led to the company being in over $5 billion in debt. So that definitely was a major contributor, and that's partially the reason why they declared bankruptcy. So um, then the company also, so it was the debt that partially closed them, that contributed to them. Well, okay, they're not fully closing down. They still have stores outside of the U.S., but it's the way it's looking. It's looking like Toys R Us is basically going to, they're basically done. The remaining stores outside, they're probably going to close up here pretty soon. But anyways, so the debt is basically what has, uh, so I'm just going to say that they're closing because they basically, they're, they're pro, there's, I can see no possible way that Toys R Us can revive with um, the book with um, the stores outside of the U.S. I don't see how they could necessarily make such a revival if they. Because think about it, if if the stores outside of the U.S. were doing really great, then why wouldn't then why would they have to file for bankruptcy and be over and be over five billion dollars in debt? I mean that just doesn't make sense. So Toys R Us is basically closing. So anyway, so it's the debt and also the company. Um, part of the reason is that. Um, They've had um, a hard time competing with um, Amazon, Walmart, and Targets. Like, um, so in 
holiday 2017, Toys R Us sold about like half of what they um, were expecting or needed to sell. So that didn't look too good. And also with Target and Walmart, they've, you know, in, if you go into a Target, they have, um, they have like a toy section for kids. Same with Walmart. You go there, you don't really need, um, you don't, you don't need a big toy warehouse anymore. It's easier and more convenient for people that actually go to stores to, um, to just, to just uh, say, hey, while we're here, I need to pick up a toy for Jimmy. It's his birthday. Whereas it's it's much harder to say, we are going to Toys R Us to specifically get a toy. Also, Amazon, with Amazon, you know, that's an online store. Um, you know, it's it's even bigger than Target and Walmart. And that's even more convenient because you, um, you can just look. You can literally, uh, from your computer... Be like, oh, this toy looks cool. I think my kid would like this or something like that. And then you can buy it just straight from your computer. And that's much more convenient than going into like just a specific toy store. So that's competing with them is partially the reason why um, they're shutting down. Um, one of, so they are shutting down, but there's a, there's a little addition here that's a little controversial and that's that, um, $16 million is being paid to 17 executives. And this is basically like a bonus or basically like, Hey, the company is ending. Here's money. But the the shady part about this is it's actually according to the United States bankruptcy code, it it's not legal for companies to um, give their top executives like a payout. So if I had like a store that was going to shut down, I wouldn't be like, okay, I have let's say a big I let's say I have a big store and I have 30 employees and I have five top guys. I'm not going to say okay we're closing down. I'm going to find all the rest of the money back into us and just leave all the rest of the employees. And the if you add, if you add all up the money that are going with these bonuses, it's around 270 million dollar dollars going to these top executives. And they and the bankruptcy code says this is illegal, but um, um, and and part of it is you know the why isn't this um, um, being put into the the employees? You know why aren't the employees getting good severance packs packages with this 170? I mean 270 million dollar bonuses are going to 17 executives. Um, one of the thing, one of the arguments um, I could see for this is that sometimes if an executive gets signed if they get a contract with um, um, the company, they sign a contract saying, yes, this is my role, whether it's like CFO, CEO, saying, okay, if I get fired or if I lose my job, I get this amount of money. Where that, that could be the case, but it's but the circumstances in which this is makes it so that it's borderline not legal. But the way... So they actually went to court over this. Um, um, it was taken to court, but... Toys R Us. This and keep in mind these incentive, these bonuses were announced before they they said they were closing down all the stores. But um, it was it was like it was shortly after they declared bankruptcy, and what Toys R Us and and people could see that Toys R Us is going downhill if they go the way that they go. 
So they went to court because pe- people were concerned that this is, you know, Toys R Us is going to be closing soon. You're just trying to funnel all the money back into the executives. So, but Toys R Us said that these are incentives for the executives to improve the company. So they, they basically said that, no, we're not shutting down. Um, these are to try to get our executives or top executives to do better. But of course, the ones who issue the statements are the executives. They are getting the bonuses. Um, But Judge Keith Phillips said that the bonuses were legal. Keep in mind also is that a few of these executives also got a bonus of over $8 million right before the company filed for bankruptcy. So, I mean, here's... Here's okay. Let's take a look at this in two angles. Let's take a look at this in the honest Toys R Us toy company angle, and the honest angle there would have to be: well, um, they didn't know that they were going to have to file for bankruptcy, and then after they did, they wanted to use the the money as incentives and the and to give to the executives and and to do better because they wanted a better company. That that could be possible. That could be possible, and that, but that's, I'm that's looking at it from the Toys R Us is completely honest. They had they had completely good intentions. Now let's take a look at what could be the case if Toys R Us executives are just being greedy. The argument there could be, oh, before filing for bankruptcy, they thought the company was going to go downhill anyways. So what they did is they fought, is they gave some of the top executives eight million dollars just in case the company was going to go downhill from there. And then after they filed for bankruptcy, they just pretended like they were closing a bunch of stores in order to legally be able to give out these going out of business bonuses. But, you know, I mean, whether we don't know either way, but that those are two either they were they didn't know it was going to happen. and These honestly were just um, incentives or they were just trying to get the money. I don't know. That's that's thought. And lastly, um, another thing of controversy is that the CEO of Toys R Us is receiving, um, is one of the people receiving the $17 million bonus. And and the reason it's a little bit controversial is because the CEO has only been with the company since, since 2015. That means that he's only been with Toys R Us. He's only been the CEO, not been with. He's only been the CEO since 2015. That means that he's only been the CEO for three years. So I don't know. I mean, listen. If if the company could, if it was 100% legal and there wasn't this gray area, it wouldn't be. I would be like, okay. I don't know if that's what I would do, or I don't know if the company's doing the right thing in doing that. But it's legal; they can do it. But here, it's a little bit of a gray area because it does kind of seem like they're giving out, going out of business bonuses. But you know, that's we don't completely know. And in the at the end of the day, I mean, I hope that the Toys R Us employees get um, um, a decent severance package because there there are going to be a lot of jobs lost with 800 stores closing being liquidated um, in the United States. So hopefully they get good severance packages and and you know it, 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 the shutdown is smooth. Hopefully it's not like oh my gosh, this is hitting people hard, but. 
And, you know, I mean, it, it is a little sad to see um, a favorite toy company of many people who I know many people do have um, childhood memories of, like, the I'm a Toys R Us kid commercial and things like that. That's definitely a memory. But, um, you know, it's, you know, and it's hard to compete with Amazon and, and Walmart and Target. Alrighty, so now um, I think is a good time. We are going to switch over to kind of um, this a big subject lately, and this has been one filled with um, a lot of a um, lot of a lot of controversy, a lot of anger towards a lot of um, you know a lot of governments. You know, this is a very uh, this this is you know towards a lot of governments. So if you if you haven't heard recently. Um, in the United Kingdom, a, uh, a former Russian spy was poisoned, right? So this Russian spy and, and his daughter and his daughter were poisoned. They were found unconscious on um, a park bench on March 4th um, in the United Kingdom. Um, they were poisoned by a nerve agent called Novichok and that... And, and um, I'll get into the importance of that in a minute here. But so he was the reason. Um, so he was so he was a former Russian agent, and um, he was a double agent. He would he sold Soviet secrets to the United Kingdom for money, and then Russia caught him and imprisoned him. So he was. And, and many people suspect that um, it was Russia because why? Who we? It's who else would want to poison this guy? I mean, he might have had some enemies um, in the past, but um, you know, it's mo- people are thinking. Well, it's most likely that Russia would do this because they wanted to get revenge on a double agent. So the reason that it's important. Oh, and also one thing is that I I'm a, I probably butchered his name, and I'm probably gonna butcher a lot of names in this uh, in this segment here because they're they're Russian. I'm sorry, I don't I don't know how to really pronounce them, um, so bear with me. But um, basically, so on March fourth. Um, yeah, he was poisoned, and it was Novichok. The the pe- investigators found out that the nerve agent um, was Novichok, and this is important because it was developed in the Soviet Union, and no other countries really have ever used Novichok. So that so that is so. Here's two things of evidence that we have pointing to Russia did this. Number one, they had the motive. Number two, they had the poison. Okay, so number three. Um, Oh, and just to give you a quick update, um, uh, Sergei Skripal and his daughter are they 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 they're not dead from the poison. They're in critical but stable condition currently in a hospital in the United Kingdom. So they're okay. I I hope that they survive this. But you know, I mean, because you know that's I mean, sure he was a double agent. Sure he did some shady stuff. I don't want you know. I don't think anyone really wants this guy to die except maybe Putin but I mean because but he's he's in critical but stable condition so that means that um, I'm pretty sure at least that means that he's um he's not like fighting for his life it's not like touch and go but it's he's a little rough you know him and his daughter it's a little rough but we hopefully you know they're in our prayers hopefully they have a full recovery um, and yeah but so Russia you know, this, 
there's a full when this happened there was a full people like okay well this might be russia let's try to get to the bottom of this and um russia of course they denied any involvement with um with poisoning this guy cuz you know that 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 would mean bad news for them right you poison you you do you bring poison into a foreign country and poison someone who is um not a part a part of your country anymore uh, so and who was an ally of the United Kingdom? Keep that in mind, because he he helped them get secrets of the Soviet Union, and then he's poisoned on their soil. So yeah, if it, if it um, came out that Russia had done it, they they would have horrible consequences on them. Well, um, you know, and and um, one of the reasons that okay, so you might be wondering, well, um, how, you know, um. Let, just let me give you a little bit more of a background on this guy. He, you know, he sold secrets to the United Kingdom for money from the Soviet Union, and then Russia, uh, it was either Russia or the Soviet Union, caught him doing that, and they jailed him. They jailed him for a while. Um, and but um, it, the United States and Russia had a spy exchanged in in 2018. So basically, what they did is we got um, a few, I think we got a few spies, including including uh, Sergei Skripal. In exchange, we gave them some captured Soviet spies. So we basically it's like a prisoner exchange. Um. So Putin one and also here's another thing. This is this also I think definitely um, there's definitely Putin has hurt feelings over this guy because. Um, he certainly wasn't ha- I mean, oh yeah, he certainly he he definitely thinks this guy's a traitor, thinks this guy's bad news. He like it it's no surprise um if Russia did it. So, um and okay, spoiler alert, they they most nations are saying they do that. I'll get that to that in a minute here. But Putin the day after, so the day after um with the United States and um Russia had the spy exchange. Vladimir Putin is quoted for saying, "Traitors will kick the bucket. Trust me, these people betrayed their friends, their brothers in arms. Whatever they got in exchange for it, those thirty pieces of silver they were given, they will choke on them." So, I mean, that sounds very threatening to me. Like if someone directed that to me, I would definitely call that a threat. So, yeah, he says, they, whatever, those 30 pieces of silver they're giving, they will choke on them. And he said that the day after this, this Russian spy, this, this double agent Russian spy that got poisoned, the day after he got exchanged, he said that. So that's, that's very, you know, that, that also points it, um, towards Russia. So, of course, the United Kingdom, after all this evidence and um, um, and more, you know, that's, that's just the main points. The United Kingdom, ultimately, um, the Prime Minister this past week um, addressed Parliament and they, and she has officially said that, you know, they are blaming Russia for the attacks. Um, and, and, and she announced that as a response to these Russian attacks, she, um, the United Kingdom will be expelling 23 Russian di- diplomats. So basically, 
they're virtually deporting Russian diplomats from the United Kingdom. So they're going to be sending them back to Russia. Um, also, they, they're not sending a representative athlete or a, or a golfer to the 2018 World Cup that's being held in Russia. So they're they're basically they're gonna boycott the World Cup because because it's being held in Russia. Um, on top of that, they've strengthened border security because obviously this uh, Novichok got through um, into Russia and and we don't know and keep in mind we don't know exactly who um, put the poison or how they you know who poisoned the Russian spy and his daughter we don't know who did that so but it it, it could have been and i'm and i'm assuming that um the united kingdom government is thinking this as well is that you know maybe it was probably a russian agent or maybe they smuggled someone in from um the russian embassy that um managed to get this poison in and managed to have a mission from the russian government to poison this spy i mean because if I was in parliament, that that's probably the reason why I would um, strengthen border security. There are also the foreign minister, um, Sergei Lavrov, um, that he was going to visit the United Kingdom and they canceled his invitation. So they, they're like, yeah, you're not coming. Now, one thing, so... So then later, so the United Kingdom, they, they put some measures. They, they're officially blaming Russia. They're saying this was an attack on the United Kingdom, so, on United Kingdom soil against the spy. We need to respond. Um, also, um, in my research, I found that there was a similar incident. Um, I think it was 2005. I'm pretty sure. But if I'm wrong, correct me. But um, And the... Parliament and the and the United Kingdom didn't have a harsh response, and they were heavily criticized for that. So in this, they definitely, they definitely. Here's what I think the United Kingdom was doing. They definitely wanted to show this is not okay. We will we will call you out, and we will um, have consequences. Now these consequences, on the other hand, these aren't like very damaging to the Russian government. I mean, I mean the Russian government isn't like under attack they're not they're not economically under attack by these united kingdom um boycotts and things like that as far as i know i mean they 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 could partially but it's, it's not going to do a major dent to the russian government but um um so yeah that's the major things that they did and and so then later it took a couple of days but um you know this and this is uh the united states afterwards the united states France and Germany issued a joint statement um, on March 15th. Now keep in mind that, that, that that's pretty rare for three countries to, to um, issue a joint statement together. Like this was a single document, I'm pretty sure, that was, that was basically stating, yes, um, and we agree with the United Kingdom, this attack was um, almost certainly all evidence appears, and I'm not quoting this, but I'm 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 kind of paraphrasing here. They that basically they're like, yes, United Kingdom, we agree with you. Russia most definitely did the attack, and and then later on, um, I I believe that France and Germany put some sanctions on um, on Russia. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I do know that the United States did put um, sanctions 
Um, the, United, the United States government did put sanctions on Russia, but it wasn't just, um, it wasn't specifically for this. It was for a multitude of reasons. So among these reasons was for Russia meddling in the 2017 elections. Um, many, you know, this is in America, that's kind of a partially controversial thing because many say um, that it was um, Donald Trump who was um, colluding with the Russians, although the investigation didn't find any um, ties directly with Donald Trump. They did with some of them. His uh, connections to people, people connected to him had connections to Russia, but it wasn't him. Um, but yeah, that, that was part of the reason. But in the Robert Mueller investigation, it was found that Russians were trying to do that. It's also been speculated, and I heard this point too, that um, Russia was also um, part, trying to... Now, now I, I, this, I didn't hear this from any official investigation. Don't quote me on this. I'm not. I'm not saying this is fact. I'm not. But um, I heard that Russia uh, might have also been trying to make both Hillary Clinton, presidential candidate um, Hillary Clinton, and Donald Trump both look bad in order to kind of divide the the United States country up and divide its people up. Which I mean, <laughs> if you go back to the election, it, it definitely was a very divided. Very divided election. Now, I, I don't think of that. Even if the Russians said a hundred medal in it, even if they didn't, um, I would I would say that it would it would it was going to be divided um, somewhat, no matter what. But that's a possibility as well. Well, so yeah, and then also, um, uh, of course, they partially did it for the nerve agent attack in the UK because you know the United Kingdom is an ally of the United States, and um, you know they need to support the United Kingdom. Um, it was also revealed that there were so a lot of cyber attacks against the U.S. Um, some of those cyber attacks were also aimed at Europe, such as um, there was um, kind of a secret um, Russian plan to kind of um, target European hospitals and corporations um, to partially kind of try to damage them and kind of I, I hurt the hurt the West. Um, so, yeah, that, that was part of it. And also, this, now this is scary, the, and the recently announced hacking of the U.S. energy grid. Now that is a very, now that's very scary, because if the Russians can get into the United States energy grid, who's saying that they um, can't just turn off all the power? You know, what if, what if, what if there really was like ever a war or something like that? And they, they wanted to turn off the power like that. I mean, that, that'd be pretty bad. Um, but so the U S in response to all of these, um, things that Russia has done, they've, um, imp put in some sanctions on Russia, um, on the Russian election, such as, um, these sanctions are put on basically Putin's right hand man. And forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, but Yevgen's Prigozhin, I think, yeah, I think, okay, that's as close as I'm going to get, but um, um, they, they put sanctions on him, he's kind of Putin's right-hand man, uh, they also put sanctions on the Russian intelligence agencies, they're known by um, the acronyms FSB and GRU, so these are intelligence, so um, imagine like in the United States is the FBI and the CIA, that's, to my understanding, that's kind of what these Russian agents, intelligence agencies are. So they put, so they put sanctions on those. Um, 
Um, so these, and they, and they put a few sanctions on, um, I think, a few other Russian officials. But so basically, you know, you hear the term sanctions a lot, sanctions, 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 but you don't really know what it means. And so basically, but what these mean um, is basically anyone connected to um, Yevgen's Prigazin and um, the Russian intelligence agencies FSB and GRU. Basically, anyone connected to those, they can't travel to America. They can't do business with America. Um, and all their American assets will be frozen. And so basically, if they have a, an American bank account with American money in it, they can't get that money out of the bank account. Um, I think they, they, they either have frozen in the bank accounts or in the assets or or they're, or they're in the process of doing so because I'm sure that that, that might be um, um, a little bit of a legal process there because that's a pretty big deal. But, um, you know, I mean, one thing is that many have criticized um, both the United Kingdom and the United States for not doing as harsh of sanctions. Um, both one side may say, you know, we don't want to do too many sanctions on Russia because um, we don't want to start a war or something. Another side might say, well, we need to show our strength, you know. I mean, and, and some people say, you know, I think this was enough. This is definitely going to hurt them, you know. Putin said this is just Putin, Putin blew off these accusations and continued to deny um, that the UK that this is that this is all fake all these accusations I mean even if some of these are which I'm not saying that any of these fake I'm just saying that hypothetically if some of these accusations are um, it, it, with all these accusations at least one of them has to be true you know I mean for those who say oh these aren't probably true these aren't probably true I mean at least one out of like what like five accusations five things that um, the, the these governments are saying that the Russians did um, you know I mean obviously I would say obviously that, that that at least one of these things has to be true and definitely deserve sanctions now, one thing that kind of caught my interest with this story is that, um, you know, we're in the with all of this, it's not like we're going to war over this. It's not like the United Kingdom, France, Germany, or NATO or whatever declared war on Russia. We, 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 we're not going to do that. Um, I think part of the reason that we don't do that nowadays is because, you know, with nuclear weapons, the Cold War, there's a lot, you know, that tension. Um, but we're not... We, so far, the way that things are looking is that, that we are in no way or form declaring like uh, like a like a like a real war. We're gonna send in boots on the ground, guns blazing war. You know, there's there's no evidence to say that. Which is, I I feel like over time that's changed. Like World War Two started with the assassination of the Austrian Archduke Franz Ferdinand, and that was on June 28, 1914. And that was, um, the the Austrian uh, Archduke was assassinated by Serbian nationalists. This led to um, Austria wanting to um, declare war on, you know, like, um, Serbia, and then they got Germany involved as their allies, and then Germany was going to invade, and then Russia got involved, but 
some people say Russia it was Russia's fault during World War II, partially because they were already preparing for a war, and then Germany they they went they were walking through Belgium, and then the English warned Germans to get out, and then the Germans they they refused, and then England got involved in the war, and then later on the United States saw it, and they were like, okay, we need to help, and it it was basically a butterfly effect, but um, most people contribute that this kind of the kickoff of world war one to being the assassination of Franz Ferdinand. Now I will say this is that, so, so yeah, so a major figure has been assassinated by a foreign government and like, so this Russian spy, he was assassinated on United Kingdom soil and, um, so yeah, he was assassinated on United Kingdom soil um, by by Russians, um, by by the Russian government. So, but we're not declaring war. The United Kingdom has not declared war. In fact, I would say that the United Kingdom, to the extent, I mean, they're they're not they're not. I don't think they're 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 hurting Russia's reputation. They're 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 kind of basically, the United Kingdom basically flipped off Russia, called them out. And that was it. And the United States, basically, I mean, we didn't declare war. We, we, we did some economic war on them. We put some economic sanctions on them. We, you know, we didn't allow trade for certain, for people connected to the agencies and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But we never declared war. And I don't think we should declare war. I'm not saying that at all. And because I, I don't think that, you know, I think, you know, avoiding a war with Russia, of course we should do that. But you know, World War Two, World War One started with the assassination of a key figure, and this was the assassination of a key figure by a foreign government. One thing, but okay, but now one thing you could argue is that um, the 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 Russian spy so far, and I'm sorry, when I say assassination of key figures, I think um, and previously I said assassination of the Russian spy. He's not dead yet. I pray he's not dead yet. Uh, he won't die of um, this poisoning. And yeah, he he hasn't been assassinated yet, but it, an attempted assassination, attempted assassination. From what we can um, we can presume that this was an attempted assassination. And there hasn't been, um, so yeah, so he hasn't been assassinated yet. I'm just clearing that up. I, I think I misspoke and said the assassination of a Russian spy. But this is an attack on a key figure. And World War One, and this, World War One happened, um, what was it, um, 100, 100, 103, 104 years ago. I mean, they declared war. War and, and through a kind of a butterfly effect of events caused war. Um, so have we changed? Has the world gotten to the point um, where we avoid war more? And is part of that because of nuclear weapons? Because Russia and the United States both are the two countries that have by far probably the most nuclear capabilities, most nuclear weapons. So is that kind of that, that, bait, that threat kind of just... Does that kind of... Um, has that, is that almost a prevention for war in a way? And second of all, um, you could also argue that, um, first off the, this Russian spy, he did something in the past, you know, he, he, we got him back, 
that was it. It was on United Kingdom Store that he was poisoned. It was terrible. But um, the um, Franz Ferdinand, who was assassinated by Serbian nationalists, he was the Archduke of Austria, and he was also in line for the throne of Austria. So that, so his assassination was um, a bigger deal than the attack, and because because the Russian Sergi um, has the Russian spy hasn't been. Killed. He's he's in stable but critical condition. Um, but yeah, I mean, but I mean, honestly, we haven't like threat. We haven't sent over boats. We haven't done anything like that. We. I mean, I'm not saying that we should, but I'm just saying that have we gotten to the point in human society where we're, where we've gone less and less and less without like a major war? Now, one thing I could say is that I definitely think nuclear weapons are part of it. Like Russia has nuclear weapons, United States has nuclear weapons. You know, the only I mean North Korea, they have no nuclear weapons, but I would say that that definitely if if the United States were to go to war with anyone and I don't think that we honest that the United States will honestly go to war with with anyone presumably in the future. I don't think so. I hope not cuz I I don't I I mean avoid war at all costs, do it when you have to, you know. But I don't I don't think we're going to go to war with anyone in the future. But if we if we were and if someone said the United States is going to go to war with someone, I would say North Korea number 1 because they have less um nuclear capabilities than Russia and number 2 because they don't have as much of an influence, you know. Like we could easily like reform this i mean we couldn't easily but much easier than russia like russia is so big and has so much more of a population than north korea that um you know we we could never occupy we could never occupy the russian government but um we could however um like you know kind of try to get north korea and we could also try to get basically south korea kind of together and that would be good but um so yeah, but anyways, that's just the thought. What it you know, are we heading in a new direction where we avoid war more? Where war is not as common. That could definitely I mean, you know, I mean I think that we are most definitely heading in that direction. Alrighty, so now I think is a good time to head on to our next subject here. And recently, um you might have seen um, that um, in the United States there was um, a walkout in schools and it was in protest kind of um, after the Parkland, Florida shooting. But um, So it was, it was after the Parkland, Florida shooting. The protest was to last 17 minutes. It was to students who wanted to participate. The protest was at 10 a.m. Students would walk out of their schools and I don't know, protests or just stand and remembrance or I don't know, um, for 17 mi- minutes in honor of um, the 17, um, in honor of the 17 what um, victims of the Parkland shooting. So, um, um, so yeah. So one of the many of um, one of the controversies though is that there were um you know some people didn't like it because one thing is that i i and i feel this is i'm not saying i disagree or agree with the sh- with um the protests at all i'm not i'm not going to give my opinion on that but um one thing is that um there wasn't they i mean the protest didn't it wasn't completely clear on what um branch of government they were aiming this at 
or what specific laws they were trying to get passed. Uh, they also some of it might have been just trying to keep the argument alive about keep politicians instead of just talking about getting reforms and then giving a nice speech and saying and basically getting us all through this, maybe actually doing something for once. And that could have been part of it and keeping the conversation going. But whether you like the protests or not, I think that um, you need to um, respect the fact that people should be allowed to protest in a peaceful manner. And one of the controversies of this was that um, at Mount Diablo High School, and this was in uh, California, um, the gates surrounding the school were locked during the school um, walkout. So the students eventually did they the student okay keep in mind the students had to physically break down the gate in order to get off campus so they were locked into campus there was no possible way they could have gotten off um, the school campus so they were trapped they were trapped in the campus until they finally had to break that break open the gate to get out and participate in the protest there were also some other reports of different schools. Now, some schools, I will add, if um, some schools were very supportive of the students, they even like kind of sent an email saying, "Okay, do this, walk out." Then some schools were very supportive of the protest, um, and other schools were not so supportive of the protest. Um, whether you are, or you aren't. You know, some schools though did even blocked exits and locked them from the inside. Now if now if that isn't that's virtually imprisoning the students. You know? And I mean whether you agree with the protest or not, you you can't you can't just imprison students for differing ideas than what um the administration thinks. So and one one thing I was curious about is whether it's even legal for schools to um be able to lock students in the building. And this brings up kind of the question of student rights. You know what I mean? Because most students, I mean, maybe like seniors in high school are legal adults and 18, but most students going to school are, um, you know, they're minors. Of, you know, kids going to school are minors. And what I'm saying is, of course, I think it's legal for to keep like some maybe someone who's a kid who's in, a little kid who's in elementary school from leaving the campus. You can't just let like a five year old walk off campus or even like a 12 or 13 year old. You know, you can't do that. But these were like teenagers, like these kids are like 15, 16. I mean, you know, they're not little kids. You know, this brings up definitely the topic of 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 is it even is is it legal and is it ethical to trap students in a school building now i'm not talking about whether there's a threat to those students such as a bomb threat um, a shooter outside, a lockdown i'm not saying that because in those situations where it's for the student's safety um, of course. It is okay, I think, to detain a student in the building. Or if the student committed a crime inside the school and they need to detain the student until police arrive. That's different. I'm talking about just detaining students in the building. 
is it legal? And I did, I did um, a little bit of, um, I did some research on this. And what I found was that, um, you know, laws, you know, it's very difficult to find the laws for like, there, there, there are federal laws for schools, but for very specific things, it's difficult to find because there's school districts and each school district can make its own laws. So, like, a, a school district in, um, let's say, New York may have um, much different laws and different protocols and different laws and things that um, the state of, let's say, um, Nebraska would have, you know, a school district in Nebraska. And even, like, a school district in Nebraska and then a different school district in Nebraska could have also total opposite um total opposite policy. So it's hard to find whether it's legal or not to entrap students in a school building. But I think, you know, I mean, the federal government, I think, should, I mean, should make a law maybe saying that, you know, you can't trap in a student. You can't virtually imprison a student that is 15 and older or 16 and older. I mean, somewhere around that range. Because, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, imagine going into work and then them locking all the doors from the inside. That's not, that's not okay. And is it, and also you have to think, um, you know, you have to think of, is it, is it ethical to do this? Is it ethical to really um, entrap students and basically say, yeah, you're a human, you're you, sure um, you have rights, but do you, I mean, but you don't have enough rights to, for us not to imprison you. Um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely a topic. Okay. So for our last, um, segment here, we're going to be talking about the dynasty of North Korea and whether or not it is, um, basically one of the most long lasting communist dictatorship dynasty, not dynasty, communist dictatorships, because the North Korean, um, the North, North Korea is, um, I'm pretty sure the only um, communist dynasty where power, where co- where a dictator power has been passed down um, through a generation. Now in Cuba, Fidel Castro did pass um, after he died. His um, powers passed to his brother, but that's. I mean, you could. I guess you could consider that a dynasty, but it it's not in the way that the Kim, um, the Kim dynasty and the Kim regime has done it. So, North Korea was founded on September 9th, nineteen forty-eight, and um, it, and you'll see why I'm getting into kind of the history of this here, and. Um, you know, it was through the Korean War with between the North and the South, between communist and uh, d- democrat, d- democrat, blah, dem- sorry, democratic and uh, democracy. But um, so North and it, and once North Korea was in power and is founded, um, Kim Il Sung was put into power. So he ruled for um, quite a while. He ruled for um, I think it was. Um, uh, 49 years around there you which is a long time for um even like um monarchs you, you english monarchs used to rule for only like 39 years but that's so a long time and his son son kim jong il took power in 1997 so after and this so after kim il sung died kim jo, oh i'm sorry kim jong il took power and this was this was very significant because this was the first time that we saw um um, 
a communist dictator die, right? So this communist dictator died. And then he passed on his power and his authority over to one of his descendants. That's, that's almost never been done. I mean, I, it, at that point, it hadn't been done. It hadn't been done. It was very, it was a very historical significance, and and not in like a good way. I'm not saying like it was historically significant. No, it, you know the Kim Dynasty is terrible. The Kim, uh, North Korea, uh, the people are being starved by the Kim by the Kim Dynasty. They, it's been the worst, you know, total totalitarian communist, terrible. But so then he, Kim Jong Il didn't actually rule for um, quite a while compared to his father. He only ruled. Um, he only had control over North Korea, um, and well, I mean, until the day he died, um, in 2011. So he only ruled for around 14 years. But then he passed his um, power and his authority and his dictatorship um, of um, what is it? The great leader of the Communist Party, of North Korea, something like that. He passed um, that over to his son Kim Jong Un which is the current leader of the North Korean government. So, um, basically, one of the things is that, first off, I want to establish this, is that North Korea and the Kim Dynasty is terrible. They are terrible. They are terrible for the people. They have caused one of the biggest, humanis- one of the biggest humanitarian crises um, in, um, in the history of humanity. One of the biggest crises by starving their people, um, through communist dictatorship, but I want to look at, you know, for the Kims, they've kept the power, this communist dictator powership in their family for, for, for nearly like, um, nearly like 65 years, you know, they've, or they have actually, they have actually kept it in their power for 60 years. Um, they've actually been in power for, um, um, quite a long time uh, i'm pretty sure it's 70 years yeah i'm pretty sure it's they've been in power for um about 70 years yeah 70 years they've kept the power in their family for 70 years without being overthrown now let me give you a comparison to some other communist um communist dictator totalitarian figures in in um society or in, in history. So the Soviet Union lasted from 1922 to 1991. That was a communist um, um, communist country. Now, it wasn't as bad as North Korea. Um, arguably, it wasn't as bad as North Korea. And that, that it wasn't like North Korea, they worship their leader as a god, virtually. They, they, they literally... I saw a clip where... where um, I think it was a doctor from Thailand or something, or I'm not sure. It was it was in the documentary. Um, I'm pretty sure Inside North Korea. It's about ten years old. It was a documentary, but an eye doctor did um, cataract surgery on blind North Koreans. He came in there and did it for free because as kind of a humanitarian project, and they were all in a room. They're all in a room. And they had these things over their eyes, like covering their eyes after the surgery, because you know they had just had eye surgery. 
but um so they were they all these people that had had they were once they, they were once blind in in a lot of them blind in both eyes maybe some blind in one but it was um they they had this surgery cuz and keep in mind North Korea the, the people that had the surgery um cataracts is like a clouding of the eye lens and it's usually only found in elderly people but in North Korea um, cataract surgery, uh, or not cataract surgery, cataracts is, um, found in even kids because of there's such poor nutrition there that, um, you know, and such famine and poor nutrition that they don't, they, yeah, they don't, they don't have enough nutrition and they get cataracts. Children, keep in mind in the United States, some, some, not all, even some elderly people get this condition. Elderly. This is unheard of in, in, in almost every single country to get cataracts as a child. So anyways, they, they, anyways, they, they got their surgery. They have these things over their eyes and they remove, um, the bandages from their eyes and they can see and they and they can see and it's, it's amazing. And they, but the, the first thing they do is they don't, they don't, they never turn to the doctor. They never turn to the nurses. They never, they never do anything. But in the room where they had their, um, the bandages removed is a picture of, um, I think it was Kim Jong-il and Kim Il-sung. And they, and, and the current person in power was Kim Jong-il. And they run over to these, these pictures of, of these leaders who have, who have run the country into starvation and poverty and, and just these terrible things. And they run over and they scream, praise the great leader for, you know, this is what, for he, for his grace and have I, I can see again. And the, and they, and, and then all the people like a, in a weird cult fashion go praise the great leader, praise the great leader. And it is so, it's so sad and so creepy. And it, it, it's, it's scary in that this is capable for humans. Like humans, humans are capable of, of like coming into that state. That is very sad. And and some of them it's fake, but I believe some of them it's probably, I think it's legitimate. Like they were interviewing someone before the cataract surgery saying, why do you want to see? They were inter- interviewing um, an elderly North Korean woman who had cataracts who was going to get the surgery. And they said, why do you want to see? And, you know, you might think, oh, to see my grandchildren, oh, to see the, see the world, you know, things like that. See, see the things around me. No. Her response was to see the great leader and thank him for everything he's done. And, 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 and then she even started tearing up and her family members who were North Korean started tearing up as well about their supposed great leader. You know, that's just sad that they, cause and some of these are legitimate. Some of these are legitimate people who are, um, who are, um, brainwashed into 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 just worshiping these leaders like gods you know kim jong-un he claims that he cannot poop he does not poop is what he claims he's he he they think he's a deity and they he and that he does not have to eat and that he does not have to poop he claims that so anyways about um so yeah 
Uh, where was I? Um, cataracts. But yeah, they're not as bad. So the Soviet Union is by far not is was not as they weren't as brainwashed as to like praising like um their their leaders as like gods they weren't they weren't to the level of north korea but they, it was still a communist um dictatorship like stalin stalin st- starved 30 million people there was a secret police it wasn't it was not by far all the a good government um the so but they lasted for 69 years and the Korea, North Korea has lasted for 70 years, which already North Korea has been around longer than um, the Soviet Union. Um, also, the Indonesian Communist Party existed from 1914 to 1966. If you, a lot of people don't know about this, but Indonesia, you know, they, they were part of a communist regime. There was um, there was a great massacre between there it was it was it it was by far one of the worst um dictatorships ever but they last from 1914 to 1966 and that equates to around 52 years so bam north korea has been around longer than the indonesian communist party has um hitler hitler leader of nazi germany caused world war ii possibly one of the worst humans to ever live he he was around for around 11 years. He was in power of Nazi Germany for around 11 years. And then after that, of course, Nazi Germany lost World War II. The Allies took it over. That formed the Iron Curtain, you know, yada, yada, yada. But the Kim Dynasty in the North, uh, in the North Korean regime has been around um, for longer than these major... Um, historical communist par- parties and communist nations and and I might, might add is they they all haven't been around for more than a hundred years because communism is ultimately a failed experiment it sounds good at heart you know equal distribution of wealth but it doesn't take into account um, the grasping for power the what humans are capable of but um, definitely it's it's worth considering that North Korea by far has been one of the most long-lasting communist regimes, if not the most long-lasting communist regime. I mean, it's 70 years. It has been through... They've passed power in a dynasty for three generations. They have nuclear capabilities. So, yeah. That's... uh, I think I'm gonna... Alright, I think we're gonna end the show here today. I want to thank our listeners for listening to Quick Thoughts. Quick Thoughts is available on iTunes... SoundCloud um, and um, YouTube. Yes, <laughs> sorry, there it's on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Um, also, um, but I mean, by the time you're listening to this, it's, it's not going to be St. Patrick's Day. But um, um, but happy St. Patrick's Day! Happy St. Patrick's Day to all of you out there. And um, as of always, um, thank you for watching this podcast. I mean, listening to this podcast because it's a podcast. Mm-hmm.